Tell us, uh, who are you and what do you do? Oh, thank you. Thank you for having you, uh, me here. Raise the... hmm? No? Yeah. Better? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for having me here. It is my pleasure. Yeah. So I am Joaquin Brecha. I am a guy from Barcelona here in the show. I am the SOMR president, being SOMR the global community of the market research and insights and analytics in the world. So yeah. we are present in 103 countries, more than 6,000 members around the globe, but impacting 100,000 people or more um, in the whole community. And I work also for, for a Spanish company called NetQuest, that we are data collectors in LATAM, in, in Spain, uh, France, Italy, Germany, US, UK. And what kind of data do you collect? So we, we were born as a digital collector, creating access panels, so people willing to participate in surveys or tasks that we were asking. Uh, we are very focused on having them very well profiled and incentivizing them properly in a very nice and fair relationship. And then we move to the more digital observational. So we acquired a batch company in 2014 called Wakupa that had a software that can trace what people, does, what people do online and mobile, always with consent, of course, informed consent and with the whole information, and incentivizing them, of course. So now we are collecting huge data sets because we, we can track what people do on their laptop or on their mobile. And this is the way we can observe. And we, we are in this observational uh, passive, passive data yeah. world. And this morning uh, you had a session here at uh, the Mi conference and you gave the audience uh, a global outlook on the, the vitality of the data revolution. Yeah. So what was, that, what was that about? Data revolution. We are in the fourth industrial revolution. The Congress of SMR was in September in Edinburgh. And I like history and I like to dig into history. So I was inspired by the Scottish Enlightenment in Edinburgh. Scottish Enlightenment was a fantastic moment in which the Scots really uh, had an effect on the world. They changed the world. And just many people, and among them, Adam Smith, which as we'll mention, Adam Smith, and James Watt. So I was telling, look, in the first industrial revolution, there was a concept, created a new concept that was the capitalism. The new concept that really uh, allowed the revolution. And the second one was the power, uh, was the steam machine, uh, also um, promoted by James Watt, a Scottish guy. So the, we had these two pillars in the fourth industrial revolution. And I do believe that the fourth industrial revolution, the one we are now, it's a revolution that is transforming the way we create, share, and, 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 and expand the value. It's completely uh, throughout the digital capabilities. Now we have two pillars. And if we look at the mindset, uh, it was capitalism in the first industrial revolution. I believe today is human centricity, having the human at the center. If we look at the power, is data, as everybody says, power, data is the, the current oil. But not only data, I would add data, trusted data. So data that you have collected with, uh, via the trust of people and doing the things properly. So the two pillars of the fourth industrial revolution for me are customer centricity, people understanding, and, and trusted data. And who else is better positioned for this than market researchers, insights professionals that have been for more than 100 years treating people with uh, respect in terms of understanding what they do and managing data. Yeah, and it's not getting easier for us uh, data professionals, is it? With, with specifically GDPR, everyone seems to be against us. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the cookie browser are coming yeah. in the next few years. Exactly, but ITP, ETP. Yeah. But yeah. I think this is an opportunity. We as professionals have always said and self-regulated, putting the bar high. If anybody could do it, that would be easy. 
Yeah. Uh, so this for us is an opportunity to differentiate ourselves from yeah. other industries. For instance, the UK Data Protection Authority just released last June a report uh, saying that they are super concerned, extremely concerned about the amount of data that is being shared without the knowledge of people. Yeah. And the deep, the deep data, that in terms of deep of uh, observing what people do, that was for the programmatic industry, programmatic news and programmatic advertising industry. So many things have been done there improperly. We as professionals in the, in the market research and insights profession, we must do things properly. We have to construct these pipelines in which information or data just travels. Yeah, we must do that, but we must be very careful in doing that properly. And, and really respecting the rights of people as citizens. And, and how do we do that other than following the law? Is there other things we should do or need to do ourselves? I always say that we are just in the infant, in our childhood regarding technology. We have got drunk of technology for the last <laughs> 20 years, it's like an Ibris. And now we are just waking up saying, oh, whoa. This is what happened? What happened? Yes, it was a hangover, maybe. Technology has really blown us away. Wow, we can do so many things. And now we are discovering that still so many things also have a cost related yeah. to. Yeah. So I, I think that now we are just at the beginning of understanding the impact of technology in our lives. And for instance, GDPR, for me, is just the first attempt to rule this. But I believe that more more will happen because we're just in the childhood. Or maybe in the teenage, maybe you are just now thinking, okay, now we have understood when the humanity started to be in life in, on Earth, what was the lifespan was 20 years. So people, every 10 years, was repeating the same uh, learnings. When we passed from 20 to 30 years, there were some people that had experience and could tell the guys uh, uh, their 10 years, say, hey, look, don't eat this, don't go this way, because you will have problems. So these people were uh, really important to the evolution of the humankind because it, okay, we are learning. So I think we are now still in this 20 years span and now some people are saying, hey, don't go this way because this way is dangerous. <laughs> and what do you see happening in, the, in say the next five years? I mean, f further than five years probably, <laughs> really hard wow. to do, but you like know, the next five, five years, years, what do, what do you expect? Yeah. What, do, what are you guys working on for the, yeah, what are the project groups within the organization? What are you working on? So. The, the one, the, the, the subject that is really steering the whole industry is the end client, so the end user, because and there is a transformation there. We all know that people want to be, have better information, to take better decisions in a much more, uh, in a faster way. No? So this determines everything, and indeed cheaper, because there's also this new mindset, which is everything is doable and everything is cheap. Oh, wait, it's not that doable, not that cheap. So what is happening now is that people want uh, it faster, Yeah. Uh, and to take decisions. So what we are seeing is that because of this digital life we have and the digital capabilities we have to collect data, every time it will be less necessary to ask for data that we must have already for different, and to spend time to dive into the whys, dive into the why. We observe you are doing all this. Uh, why are you doing, why do you prefer this? So a combination of observational data plus a more qualitative data. And of course, uh, there is now uh, this pendulum from the end client that wants to insource, in the sense that do-it-yourself is a big trend. Okay, we, we don't need to have so many intermediaries, so many middlemen, so we need to insource. And all these pipelines to make the information or the data uh, travel from one side to the other. But for instance, this week, we have too many, two very relevant pieces of news. One is the closure of Jamshot, 
I don't know if you know what it is. No, do you what? So it was this avart, uh, well, it was this antivirus software that you could install on, on your desktop yeah. for free. Okay, that was to defend you, to prevent you from having virus. But they were in this hall of information terms that they were delivering, they were capturing everything you were doing All right. in your laptop. So a once, longer. yeah, yeah. Uh, many people were using that information because it's, it was millions of people. And uh, what was the name of the software? I will have to check, sorry, okay. my memory. Uh, maybe it's mixed into many languages. Right. Yeah. Uh, AVAR, no, A-V-A-R. AVAR uh, antivirus. Uh, sorry, I can't tell you. Avast? Avast. Avast antivirus. Yeah. All right. So this particularity of Jamshot has been closed down. So there's a, a big effect. Yeah. And the other one is Google's announcement on closing the third cookies, uh, third-party cookies yeah. Yeah. ability. Yeah. Uh, so these are very relevant pieces of news yeah. for our industry because suddenly different data lakes uh, will disappear. So how will we react on that? Yeah. And so your organization is collecting those concerns from your men members, and then you take you do research, but you also take this to governments, right? So SMR is, is a non-profit organization for members and companies. So yeah, we try to, to elevate those interests. And in front of the legislator, our mission is to educate the legislator to make them understand what we do and how we do things and ensure them that we are in, in good shape and we're good professionals. We are not doing nothing badly. Uh, so how often does your organization talk to legislators and think, Oh my God, they have no idea what, they're talking, what I'm talking about. <laughs> it, it's been a very nice process. We have a responsible between Brussels and Amsterdam yeah. uh, commuting. And it's taken us like six years to have now a very important place in the European Union meeting. So we were uh, starting talking with, let's say, office, officers from a certain rank and we have been upscaling to yeah. talk with commissaires and commissaires, you call it commissaires? Yeah. Commissaires, yeah. 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 And, and now they, they discuss things with you when yes. it's, when there's a data issue uh, coming up to so you can help them understand uh, what it is they're talking about, uh, why people use it, what they can do with it, both good and bad, and uh, if they want to make re uh, legislation about it, what would be the good way and what would be the wrong yes. way. Yes, that's it. We are sitting at the table, which is important. We had elections for the European Parliament just recently, yeah. so the whole team changed, yeah. so now we are rebuilding all, <laughs> these, all these connections and yeah. networking, yeah. Uh, but now we have the learnings, and these learnings are exportable. Europe is the most active player, but the rest of the world is also following the pattern, so uh, in India, in Brazil, in Japan, Australia, Singapore, uh, Africa, we are using these experiences and, uh, and learnings to help also other parts of the world, because SMR is worldwide, it's a worldwide organization. Do you feel like uh, politicians are actively reaching out uh, to the organization to get information, or uh, is it still about you guys really need to push this on their agenda? You mean politicians? Yeah. yeah. Uh, politicians are very concerned about, uh, in Europe, about citizens and the rights of citizens. Mm -hmm. Now it's something that's been copied in other countries. Are they actively looking for information on this that, that we can or you can... Uh they, they are aware of the problem yeah. and they want to tackle the problem. Yeah. Sometimes it's like if you want to cut uh, a tree and to just go with the bulldozer yeah. and, and <laughs> take the whole forest. Yeah. So we, we have yeah. to make sure that if they want to cut that tree, yeah. we just signal what is the tree and how they have to cut it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sounds like when we just spoke before the recording, there's this proposal 
in the USA. That's yeah, any kind of research, any user needs to give informed consent for that. And that's not only online, that's for every kind of research, also scientific research for universities that participants should give informed consent, which basically kills the whole research because yeah, for a lot of those research things it's important that the user doesn't know what it's about, otherwise it's they already have a bias for the research. But yeah, and that sounds like the bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are learning. We are all learning about the yeah. effects of everything. Uh, I showed this morning, for instance, a Wall Street Journal. Uh, sorry, New York Times in December they released eight in a row articles. Very interesting because there were some people working in different apps in the U.S. that were alarmed by the quantity and and the the, the yeah. depth of the data they were collecting. So they released anonymously to the New York Times, uh, 12 million people data sets yeah. of their cell phones. And you could trace everything through, and indeed, uh, Trump. You could really, and there is very nice, these articles, yeah. you can follow a ping of... Uh, yeah, I think in, in Europe, we, we have this Austrian, and it goes up against all the big companies, telling, okay, give me your data. And then I think there was a couple of uh, Germans also that requested like all the data from their, their telecom uh, uh, provider, and basically showing them all their GPS data for the last five years, yeah, <laughs> something but, like that. But these are not telecom providers. This is your app for your fitness. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your app for yeah. whatever. It's yeah. not even the telecom. Yeah. And, and this is because the technology allows to collect everything they do. So what we have to say, no, you just have to collect this data that has a purpose and it has yeah. to be limited. Yeah. 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 And also, if I install an app, I am not automatically consenting for you to resell the data to anyone you want. That's it. Even if you only collect the relevant data, I still don't want you to just sell yeah. it out to insurance companies or whatever. Yeah, and that's also why, so I had a discussion uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was a guest on another podcast, Dutch podcast, yeah. and they, 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 we spoke about, I also have ad blockers, and, and all, all like a ghost tree or whatever, and not necessarily because I don't want the website I visit not to collect my user data, I'm actually, usually I'm fine with that, that's fine, but I don't want them to sell it yeah. <laughs> to whatever yeah. advertisement party uh, is behind us. And some websites are horrible. You see with Ghostery, the, uh, they're reporting on all the trackers that are installed. Sometimes it doesn't even fit on my screen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just presented this morning some slides about us. We have run two studies asking uh, consumers about privacy and how they feel about privacy. That the, the Netherlands was one of the countries, 10 countries. Netherlands was one of them, US, UK, some others. People, so the main conclusion is that if you are transparent, if you are transparent, you gain the trust. If you gain the trust, then people are willing to participate and to engage and to share. Otherwise, if you are a bit blurry, people are not, uh, they don't have the trust. So it's a very strong message for companies and brands. Say, so look, you have to work in being very clear and people teaching people as adults and being clear, okay, we are going to collect this and for this reason, and don't worry, we are not going to do this and this. Yeah, no. and what is for ASOMAR, what are like the, the main points you're going to focus on, let's say, in 2020, for example? Are there specific things or countries or yeah, what, what is you want to achieve this year? Okay, my, my main objective... Because uh, this is your final year as a president, yes. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah, we, we talked about it in the fourth yeah. It's only two years, yeah, it's an yeah. election. It's an election process and it's been fantastic, by the way. So my main objective is to get two communities closer. The community that is the more traditional, people coming from the more traditional space of market research, and the community coming from the more 
and data analytics, data scientists, digital technological part of the of the equation. These tend to be more new generation, more more linked to data, more related to how to work with data. The others come from the generation that they really understand the the, 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 the purpose of the survey or the purpose sorry, of the investigation or, or the work. They understand the needs of the clients and understand what are the answer the, the good answers that they need to deliver. So we, I think we have to become more methodologic agnostic and have a very open view, okay, okay, what is your problem? Let's find an answer. I don't care what are the methodologies I will use. What I have is to bring you a valuable answer for you to have a good decision, to take the good decision. So my, my main objective is to bring these two uh, collectivities together to help those people that come from the more traditional space to get into this new era of the digital and also give the new digital professionals this vision and this broader view of what is this all about yeah. because sometimes we find that this new uh, community is very much into data they love treating data working with data uh, but they need to have say a superior perspective on okay this is useful for what we need to understand what is the business question that is behind to get the response yeah with these lakes of data you can really get to crazy places <laughs> you, start, you start analyzing, like, you, you find correlations yeah. that have no meaning, but you have fun and you go on and maybe you can take bad decisions. So you need to have, this is why I call it I, that we need translators. We need people that can translate these two worlds. Exactly. How do you see the maturity of the industry in Europe versus the rest of the world? Well, uh, Europe is, is, is the traditional market. It's very powerful, very diverse as well. So let's say U.S., it's quite interesting. They tend to say that U.S. is more quantitative. The United States is more, okay, let, give me hard data. I know I want to have a number. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. is more, tends, uh, Europe, sorry, tends to be more like, okay, we, we have to understand the why. And Asia is just, is jumping. They have this duality of more traditional, but also jumping into the new digital, like, very fast. Uh, when I travel the world, I, I, am, I like to provoke. Okay, uh, <laughs> I am provocative. Uh, sometimes being present is hard, but I am provocative. And when I travel the world, is that, is I, that a Catalan? Uh... That's the Catalan <laughs> rebel spirit. Yeah. Yeah. The Catalan rebel spirit. So when I travel the world, I, I tell Americans, look, you need Europeans. We Europeans have to save the world. We are the ones to save the world. So, so they look at That's me. That's gonna go over yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So they look You're at me. You're making friends. Yeah, they like it. Uh, and they look at me. Like, what do you say? Yeah, look. Uh, listen, China. The three main powers: uh, China, U.S., Europe. So China treats treats people like subjects. Mm -hmm. You American treat people like consumers. The only ones that treat people like citizens is Europe. If we want to save the world, humanity, <laughs> we we have to be strong in Europe, keeping these values very high. Well, be provocative, but in a way, in a way, it's a summary. All right, cool. Nice. I have no more questions left. No? It's very clear. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a big, still a big challenge, uh, yet, I guess. Yeah, can I, I mean, can I, one year is not going to be enough, uh, no. probably, for that. <laughs> no, but, but it's about setting, yeah. setting the setting shape right course. in the, that right course. Yeah. Let me finish with this uh, symbology I was giving you before. I think it's very nice. Traveling the world, you learn a lot of things, and you meet very interesting people, brilliant people. Here, I've met... Always in the Netherlands, I meet brilliant people I like to talk to. No, yeah, you are a wonderful market, yeah. And so I was in Mexico and I visited this anthropological museum, which is one of the best in the world. And it's on Mesoamerican cultures, it's amazing. So I got immersed in the Mesoamerican pre Columbian uh, in, in period. 
So there was, in, in 1519, is when the clash of cultures occurred. So it was like Martians came to Earth and, and two communities just clashed. So it was the Spaniards getting into Mex what is today Mexico, Tenochtitlan, Mexico City, and, and the Aztecs ruling all this part of the world. And the Aztecs were a very sophisticated country, a very sophisticated culture, sorry. And, and Tenochtitlan, the current Mexico, was like Venice. It was built on a lake and you have all the canals and you had all the markets and zoos and palaces and everything. It was fantastic. So it was two cultures mixing, uh, clashing. So the way they started to talk is because Hernán Cortés landed in Yucatán, which is the south area of Mexico, in Caribe. So he got uh, this slave, imprisoned this lady, uh, Malinche, is one of these feminine characters in the story that has changed the world, a uh, few people know. So Malinche, she, she took her as a slave, she could speak Mayan, of course, she was Mayan, and she could speak Aztec. And then you had another uh, Spanish priest, uh, Fernando Aguilar, Fernando Aguilar, sorry. He had been shipwrecked there, so he had been there for a while, he couldn't speak Mayan. So they arrived to Mexico City, Tenochtitlan, they started to talk, and the way they talked was Hernán Cortés spoke in Castilian, Jerónimo Aguilar translated from Castilian to Mayan, and from Mayan by Malinche to Aztec to the king. In that moment, the king was hyper-powerful. The Aztec king was super-powerful, but he used to speak like a child. So when he was meaning, for instance, my people don't, my people doesn't, don't love me, uh, he was saying, I am very feared people respect me. So he was using this contrary uh, side. He was not literally saying what he meant. Yes, that's it. But you had to know it. Yeah. So uh, in this moment they meet and he says, you uh, Spaniards, you are welcome. This city is yours. And the translation was literally this one, word by word. What he was meaning was you get out of here. I will kill you all. Don't even dare to do yes. anything. That was, a, that was a real meaning. Yeah. So this bad translation had a a huge effect. Actually. Yeah, at, at least they did the translation right. Like, there are quite some videos, <laughs> I think, on YouTube, and like, like this is a, like a, a, a fun business thing to do with your team, just to st stand in a line, and then one sentence, and one sentence uh, to the next person, and the next person gives it to number three and to number four, and like after 50 people, it's something completely different. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> But that's what we need today in our industry. We need these translators that can yeah. really translate the more traditional side with the digital, more techy side, because we cannot afford a clash of cultures. Yeah. We must yeah. get together. We must work together to have this holistic view and understanding of people, which is what we are here for. Yeah, you, you want to prevent the total shutdown, right? Like the proposal in the US, like saying, okay, we are doing informed consent, no data collection at all. Uh, if we get there, it's going to be a really tough time. Really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we need, we professionals don't know what they do. Uh, for what and for a purpose and this is what this yeah. is what it's about yeah. yeah good luck with that for the next 11 months <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say I would like Barcelona to win the Champions League but I'm afraid that's difficult oh. <laughs> well, I, I don't think in the Netherlands we have any chance of winning it as well oh. no I don't think so last, last year was a year yeah <laughs> Right. Let's just keep that in mind. Thank you so much, yeah. uh, Joachim, and uh, uh, have a lot of uh, fun here at, uh, at the conference. Uh, okay, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>